In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, knowing one's own Van Helsing. And with me all the way across the pond is Mr. Parascience himself, the lovely Steve Parsons. Good afternoon, good evening, Ron, how are you? Yeah, we've got to get on the same page. It's evening. Let's pretend it's evening. Oh, all right then. Good evening, Ron. How are you? Fine. How are you? You, you sound a little, a little throaty. Have you been singing again? No, no. You know, I'm, I'm just virtually dying. That's all. So, oh, yeah. dear. What's the matter? Well, no. It's just age. It happens. You know, it's, it goes on. Oh, I thought, oh, so you not after sympathy then? No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. No, no, no. Well, no, it's, it's, it's just kind of... a part of the natural process free thing. You you know, I'll be lighting up your K2 meter. I hope so. Uh, well, it, it's appropriate that you're uh, that you talk about aging because that's the theme of tonight's show, isn't it? Uh, it history is. and yeah. aging and all things very ancient. Is James ancient? Is that what you're telling me? Uh, James isn't ancient. No, he's only oh, a tiddler. Right. Oh, okay, a tiddler. I like that. Um, but anyways, I mean, this is a, 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 a great show for me because I have been dying to hear about this group. And, you know, I've been harassing you for weeks now <laughs> to get someone from the Ghost Club on the show. I've called it the London Ghost Club, the, I don't know, what, half a dozen things. But it is the longest continuous ghost organization, running ghost organization in the world. And uh, I think it's absolutely amazing. And uh, we have a young gentleman from the, the club with us. And why don't you do the introduction because you set it up. Okie dokie. I, I take great pleasure in welcoming tonight's guest, James, um, who is the technical, current technical officer for the Ghost Club, which is based in the UK and claims to be the longest um, psychical research investigation group in the world. I think that's... A claim that might be contested, though, isn't it, James? Good evening. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Good. What do you mean contested? You're not by not by SPR there, or is it? Well, well, um, no. Uh, in fact, I, I don't know whether James is going to reveal all. Um, but yeah, in I fact, will. By, by the Ghost Club itself, I think. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, well, as I, as I said, Ron, and I said to Steve, uh, the last thing I'm going to do this evening is give you a history lesson, because uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to my colleagues, who at the moment uh, are, are writing a, 
excellent book, in fact, which uh, was due to be released this year in uh, to coincide with our 150th anniversary. But uh, that's amazing. We, we we dug up so much history. In fact, it wouldn't have done the project justice to get the book out on time. So uh, we've delayed the, uh, the publication until sometime next year, when uh, it should be quite an interesting publication. But uh, but no, the the 1862 origin uh, is 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 interesting. Um, I mean, we do believe that the the current uh, the current Ghost Club was first talked about, and in fact uh, was first. Uh, invented, so to speak, in 1862, um, although what happened for the next 20 years uh, is uh, the exact details have been lost in the mists of time. Um, and uh, the research that we're doing at the moment suggests that the current incarnation of the club was actually around the 1882 uh, mark to coincide with the SPR, although, um, you know, as I say, the 1862, uh, it hasn't just been plucked out of the air. Um, there were uh, you know, very eminent uh, people meeting in Cambridge around that around that period. In fact, as far back as 1855, but uh, 1862, we think, is the is the earliest uh, date that the Ghost Club uh, came into existence. I, I'm really interested in in the very origins of it. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in the club itself, but I mean, I'm just trying to. You, this is back many many years ago when I was just a little lad 150 years ago and um, how did they do it they just like people with the same like mindness got together and said let's form this this club I mean how, how did that do you know how that happened it was well as you know at the time it was spiritualism was was very big since the 1840s and the, the old Fox sisters and the, I think it was obviously gathering momentum, uh, both sides of the Atlantic, of course, and uh, some uh, some guys at Cambridge started talking about these things, and uh, it started off as an organisation pretty much to talk talk about this phenomena, and it, and in fact, it was to investigate the, the Davenport brothers, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, why don't you, you want to give a little quick synopsis, just because we have people from both sides of the pond. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the Davenport brothers, uh, they came, uh, they were, well, obviously from, uh, from your neck of the woods, and uh, they were firstly conjurers. Um, they, they, you know, the usual sort of seance, seance room stuff. And the, the guys in 1862, uh, what we believe the original sort of uh, forefathers of the Ghost Club, set about uh, investigating them. Although, to this day, um, the actual results of that have not actually been published. Oh, that's interesting. Which is interesting, yeah. And as I say, for the next 20 years, well, actually, the, the exact details of the Ghost Club have, have sadly been lost to the mist of time. But uh, um, but the 1862 date comes from the investigation of the Davenport brothers. Um, and then uh, 1882 is, is, is when the Ghost Club sort of reinvented itself, so, so to speak, uh, uh, with uh, uh, the Reverend uh, William Stanton Moses, uh, if you're familiar with that name. Yeah, William uh, Stanton Moses and uh, and uh, Alfred Watts, and they they basically uh, formulated this uh, club. Um, arguably, uh, we kind of look around the November time, which is why, in fact, a few weeks ago we 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 had our uh, 150th anniversary celebratory conference and uh, sort of dinner, which uh, Steve obviously uh, gave one of his uh, research talks at. And November is 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 the date, uh, quite significant in the Ghost Club, in fact, because it was in that year, month in 1936 that the Ghost Club effectively um, ceased to exist again. Oh, really? Uh, so, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's had an interesting history, the guys' club. I mean, you know, 1862 was when it first came, came about, but it's been sort of wound up and restarted again on a couple, couple of occasions. Um, most notably in about 1936. And, uh, and then it sort of came, came about again uh, in, uh, with uh, Harry Price, the legendary Harry Price, as I'm sure uh, you know about Harry Price. Harry, Harry Price uh, was uh, pretty much uh, in- instrumental in, uh, in running the club up to about 1948 when, of course, he, he passed away. And uh, then again, the club just stopped meeting after that. And uh, it, it wasn't until about 1952, 53, um, that uh, uh, a gentleman called Philip Paul, uh, author, journalist uh, Philip Paul, he restarted the club in 53. And uh, he remained there until the 90s when he resigned. And then he re- re- rejoined and sadly passed away uh, two years ago, back in 2010. And uh, the, it's that current incarnation of the club that was started by Philip Paul in the, in the, in the 50s, which is pretty much the guys club we know today so it's had a rather coloured history of the guys club but um but to say the 1862 date although it is sort of shrouded in controversy there is some definite evidence that there was a a an organization linked to us in uh, in that in that year at cambridge well the, the thing i find interesting what uh you said it was originally formed to investigate the i forget the name of the brothers again but uh, davenport brothers yeah. um so do you consider yourselves a, pretty much a uh, like a debunker club, in other words, or a, a more skeptical or a more cynical club than uh, a real like paranormal investigative club or a, a paranormal research club? Uh, well, no, not at all. I think, I think the, the, the beauty of the guys' club uh, is, and this is certainly true of the present-day um, activities, is we don't tow any particular party line, and uh, we have all sorts of members from all different walks of life, different backgrounds. And in fact, although we are based in London, and you mentioned earlier that you refer to us as the London Guys Club, we have many members mm-hmm. overseas, in fact. And oh, wow. uh, we are pretty unique in that sense, in that we, we, we meet regularly uh, once a month. At, uh, at a, at a, do you have a do you have a, a, a particular like an office or a uh, headquarters? Uh, not as such. We um, we currently have a, a PO box address for anyone who who still uses you know snail mail etc. But um, we 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 meet at the Victory Services Club uh, in London, which is a, a it's it's like a hotel actually for ex ex forces personnel and uh, lovely lovely location. And we meet once a month. We have uh, guest speakers from all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, types of paranormal fields. I mean, we obviously Steve's come in on a few occasions to talk about orbs and infrasound, and we've had uh, oh orbs. Uh, That's Steve's favourite. Steve's orbs, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously Steve. <laughs> yeah, orbs. How did we? How did we manage to get orbs in? Again? We always get to orbs. You know that. <laughs> Steve, you Steve, you're on the show. It's going to be orbs. <laughs> Orbs discuss. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Steve comes from a, a, a science background. We have those that are more sort of the spiritualists in their belief. We have uh, people who, with a, uh, late last year, who does house clearances. And I don't mean furniture removals. Um, we we have uh, we have authors who, who've written books about parts of the UK. We had a talk on um, vampires a few months ago. So. The, the the ghost club in its constitution, um, although we are known as the ghost club, um, it, it encompasses pretty much all areas of the paranormal. And uh, a, a few years ago, in fact, we in our constitution, in fact, it's 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 uh, it's said that we 
you know, we investigate cryptozoology and UFOs, but uh, I, I can assure you that, that that's not something we do on a on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, although, obviously, not uh, <laughs> I can't comment any further. That's not 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 my area of uh, of interest. Right. Um, I mean, have, if, if you had Nick Pope in, in front of your club. Yeah, I mean, we, we say we, we've 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 had no. Um, uh, uh, sort of request on that on that front. Um, oh, okay. No UFO. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, organisation um, ASAP. I'm sure you've uh, you've heard about. Um, mm -hmm. They they they're very much into that. You know that area. All areas are paranormal. Um, we have had uh, guys who flirt with cryptozoology. Because I mean, of course, often when you get things like phantom black dogs, which are quite prevalent in the UK, and Jeff the talking mongoose. Ron, you heard all about Jeff? Yeah. I love Jeff. I do not know enough about him. It absolutely irritates me that I don't. And uh, I'm just fascinated by him. Uh, well, the black dogs as well. But uh, Jeff, the talking, I mean, Steve has talked to me a little bit about him. But I, I definitely have got to do some extensive research on it because uh, can you give me a brief synopsis of, of all about this? Well, Jeff, Jeff the Talking Mongoose, uh, I mean, I'm yeah. just scratching my head for the exact details myself, but uh, based on the, the Isle of Man, right. it was, it's, I mean, super, superficially, it's a poltergeist story. You had all sorts of um, poltergeist-esque phenomena, although it emanated, allegedly, from a, a talking mongoose. So you, you could argue that there's elements of cryptozoology in there as well. Um, but interestingly enough, there are some some photographs have, have found their way to the to the to the mainstream, <laughs> which um, look nothing more than cuddly squirrels. Almost, almost a cuddly toy. Nice, Mr. Holder. Yeah, but um, yeah, and, and he's 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 the, he's the, the man to, to to speak to you on about it. He's an absolute expert on the subject. Um, but uh, that's as much as I can probably say at this stage without uh, referring to my notes. Uh, but a very interesting case, of course, you know, which uh, occupied some of Harry Price's time. Right. Yeah. It was was Harry a member at that time uh, of the Ghost Club when he was doing uh, his investigation? Harry, yeah. I mean, Harry was a member right up until he died in 1948. And, and right. in fact, that's what, that, that, that's what caused the Ghost Club to, I wouldn't say disband, but it, people just stopped meeting up after that point. And it, it, was, it was five years later that uh, Philip Paul res resurrected the club, which we which we enjoy today in its, in its, in its present form. Um, Actually, just to correct you there, um, the, the, the mongoose case would be the year preceding Harry reforming the Ghost Club. Uh, was oh, okay. it 34, 35? 34, 35, was it? Oh, okay, 44. So it would just Chris be... The book, the book was published in 36, um, and Lambert's um, letters were dated 35, so it must just predate... It may even be the inspiration for the forming of the um, the mongoose section oh, of the Ghost Club. Quite, 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 quite possibly. I know, I know from uh, well, obviously from Jeff's research, and also I know people on the Isle of Man who who, who have relatives who who are still around, and uh, it was big news at the time. You know, it was it was it was all over not just the, the local press, but also the you know the, the mainland national press in the United Kingdom. So it was. Uh, <laughs> An, in, an interesting case, but uh, sadly, the, all the, the, the buildings and, and everything that's involved are no longer with us. So. Oh, that's a shame. It's all a very sort of historical investigation, though. It was actually never really referred to uh, on the island as, um, in the early days, it, it, uh, as, as 
specifically a mongoose. Um, it, right. it was it was really down to Price and Lambert's book that it that it sort of gained the fame of being a mongoose. Um, it was put down as uh, the spook, uh, spectre, uh, all manner of other sort of phenomena. Um, and on the island, they they didn't really refer to it as a mongoose specifically. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I'd say the the few photographs that are available of this thing, and they're all kind of corner of the eye shots with sort of fluffy tails and things. It actually looks more like a squirrel than a than a <laughs> than a, than a mongoose. Um, but uh, I mean, there's there's some really interesting uh, points about about the case, and notably one that springs to mind always makes me chuckle is. Um, that this thing, it, it, it used to actually catch the bus and, and go down to the, into, the, in, into the main town because the, the, the property that this uh, alleged mongoose uh, inhabited used to eavesdrop on the locals and it used to, it used to catch the bus and it used to go down to the, to the town village and it used to listen to what they're saying and go, go, go back into the farmhouse, back on the bus and tell the occupants of the farmhouse. And there's no other way that they'd know information that this mongoose supposedly passed on. Um, so there's all little, little points like that, which is quite an entertaining case. And if you're not, and if you're not familiar with it, I, I really would re- recommend uh, digging a little deeper. It's an uh, interesting case. Uh, it's something I really do have to do a lot of research on because I'm sure there are lots of aspects of that that I'm, I'm not aware of. And like I said, it's very intriguing that the whole... Uh, it has very similarity to the the Bell Witch, and, and I know Steve and I have talked about this before, and I owe you a Bell Witch uh, haunting guest, don't I? Yeah, um, in fact, I, there are very... Uh, and others have spotted the, the close similarities between the Bell Witch case and the Cashin's Gap case. Um, and... It's this sort of appearance of an animal, this this talking animal, and again, these. Uh, I think the Bell Witch progressed slightly differently towards the end, but um, the, the, right, you know, a, lot, a lot of researchers have drawn, um, noted the parallels and similarities between the two cases. That they're often linked. So uh, when we do the Bell Witch show, we should also do perhaps a little bit more on uh, on Jeff, or well, as he be- tends to be called over here. Albeit wrongly, because um, he himself, Jeff himself, gave us the pronunciation of his name. But uh, we Brits tend to call him Geff the Mongoose because of the unusual G-E-F spelling. It's spelled with a G, really? isn't it, I suppose, yeah. Was that French? <laughs> uh, no, it's just the fact that I don't think the Mongoose was entirely literate. Oh, oh well, yeah, I can see how that could happen, you yeah. But he could catch the bus, which was in, which was. Yeah, I know, I know, I love that. Yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> interesting. I imagine but, uh, if he was around this time, he'd be flying. You know. Uh, well, yeah, maybe, possibly. Uh, yeah. I must. I've, I've never seen any talking mongooses on my on my uh, airborne travels, but uh, I keep an open mind. Well, we we've had several good movies, snakes on planes, and other interesting animals. So. <laughs> his own planes, <laughs> but anyways, um, when I when I uh, Steve told me about the uh, the Ghost Club, I always thought of it as that uh, you know the League of Distinguished Gentlemen. You know, uh, you guys have been around for like 150 years, and and you see all these, you know, you're the old stuffy group, and and you see all these plumbers and other people running around chasing after ghosts, and you're like, oh, you know, so. Uh, what, what do you what do you think about these these paranormal t- 
television shows. I guess you'll have to start with Most Haunted since it was uh, your baby up that way, and uh, then on to Ghost Hunters and so forth. It was. Like, yeah, I mean, most of us, I think, that are certain engaged in this field have, have been into this. I mean, I've, I've been into this since I was like six, seven years old, I think, um, although not, not so much as, as I am now, really. But, yeah, most haunted, I think. It's, you know, it, it does get a lot of flack, actually, um, as Steve knows. And, but, you know, really, you, it, did, it did lead to a, you know, an explosion in an interest in the field, which um, it's a bit of a double-edged sword in a way. And it's actually, it's, I'm glad you brought it up because the Ghost Club, in a way, is kind of benefited from and also suffered because of it. In, in the sense that we've had a, you know, a, a good surge in, in upturn in, in in members because of these programs. I mean, obviously we've got most haunted this side of the Atlantic. We've got, um, what did you do, Steve, a few years ago? Famous and frightened. That, that was one. Uh, wasn't it? Yeah, and, we've and and on their side, of course, they've got the legendary Ghost Hunters starring Super Mario Brothers. They've got. Um, yeah. <laughs> They've got Ghost nice. Adventurers, where they where they lock them in. Um, there's Extreme Ghost Hunting, Girly Ghost Hunters. Is there a gay? I ghost love Girly Ghost Hunters. Is there gay a gay Ghost, ghost Hunters? hunters? Oh, I'm mincing around <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> I, I actually saw a show. And I can't even remember the name of it because there's been so many that have come and gone. Ghost Lab was another one that was around, uh, but they had this. They would get these groups of half-naked girls. Uh, these were cheerleaders and lock them into an insane asylum. And then they had her uh, do ghosty stuff, uh, you know, investigating. Uh, and uh, they watched, you know, this was all voyeurism, basically. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I know James well enough to know that as soon as you said scantily clad girls running around in the, uh, in the dark, his, uh, his interest would have peaked. <laughs> Please, Steve, my, my girlfriend's listening. Be quiet. <laughs> you know what's interesting, and we never we never touch on this, and, and as long as we've been doing the show, is that IR cameras can see through clothes under certain conditions. Have Have any of you noticed that? Uh, yeah. Well, in fact, that that's been that that again is a double edged sword that. Um, well, it's almost a myth. What happened was when Sony released the night vision, uh, they called it night shot system, um, the camera was able to operate normally in terms of its exposure. Uh, so shutter and aperture speeds um, for the video uh, could be, you know, uh, had full control of the light. But then they discovered that under certain conditions, especially dark clothing, so mm-hmm. ladies wearing dark colored bikinis, uh, the white, the lighter skin tones would reflect the ultraviolet uh, light differently than areas that were perhaps more hirsute. And it would give the impe- appearance of being uh, able to see through clothing. Um, Sony realised that this was a bit of a marketing blunder and changed the, the design of the night shot system such that when you engage the night shot switch, the camera aperture goes to fully wide open and the shutter speed is effectively locked at either a 15th or a 30th of a second, which means that in any, anything other than um, a sort of dim lighting where this effect doesn't take place, uh, the camera will overexpose and burn out the image, preventing this pseudo X-ray effect taking place. But it can be very easily defeated and it's not really a secret to say that if you then 
switch your camera into night shot mode and attach a neutral density filter and an IR72 infrared filter in front of the, the lens, you can restore the old magical X-ray uh, vision system. And it, see you know what's interesting is... They can't it, see through clothing. Well, you know what's interesting is, is that uh, on the beginning of November, I did a, uh, an event at the Hooten Mansion, and I had my new Bell and Howell uh, IR camera, a digital camera. And... Sure enough, when when I held it up, uh, guess what came through? Which was really interesting because I it was totally unsuspected uh, that happening. But yeah, you could it definitely gave the appearance that you could see through it. Yeah, I mean it's a great way of telling whether somebody's got their uh, thong on or whether they're wearing uh, <laughs> winter, winter woolies. We're doing a public um, service now, are we? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, this is a public service broadcast. So if you want to find out whether somebody's wearing their... It doesn't work through thick clothing. Um, no, it doesn't. It relies entirely on the amount of uh, infrared light being reflected back from the lighter skin or, or the clothing underneath the layer of, you know, the outer layer of the outer garments. So, for example, if somebody's wearing leggings or dark-coloured, um, particularly man-made fabric trousers, it will, it will give the impression of being able to see through. Um, it's not it's not a genuine X-ray effect, but you can easily restore it to to Sony cameras. Um, in fact, any infrared adapted camera can do it. I don't know how we get on to that. Of course, I do because my mind wanders. That's why. Uh, but anyways, I noticed we did have a question uh, from Brian uh, in the chat room, and he says most haunted gets flack for a good reason. The interest in the field has caused huge amounts of problems in research, and to be honest. I and many others really wish TV ghost shows would just go forth and multiply. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, one thing I, I didn't finish what I was saying about the, it being a double-edged sword, most haunted. In the one sense, we did benefit from a more interest in the in the subject, but e- equally, um, we have a, a strong investigation side. Um, we have. Uh, uh, Mr. Derek Green up in Scotland, uh, he's our investigations officer and he, he organises uh, nationwide uh, investigations and we have various coordinators as well that are always on, always on the lookout for sort of decent locations. But sadly, in the last 12, 15, 18 months even, it's, you know, the number of those investigations, particularly south, south of Scotland, have actually dwindled a lot, of the, a lot of the time because these locations are just charging stupid amounts of money to go and investigate them, and it's all the public type locations, the the the, the Woodchester mansions, all those sort of places, and um, and, I, and I think plus of the, the economic downturn, now, people haven't got money to throw around on ghost hunts anymore. So it, it does mean that when they say to the ghost club, "Well, we, we're going to charge you a thousand pounds for an evening's investigation," we need to guarantee a minimum of thirty people, and to get thirty people. Uh, to actually commit to an evening which is perhaps six, seven months away and to put the money down and there's, there's probably quite sort of uh, large travel costs as well, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it all spoils. So often these, these, these events get pulled at, at, the, at, the, at the last minute. So in that sense, and also 30 people, I mean, uh, as Steve and I have discussed many occasions, you can't hold an investigation with 30 people. You absolutely need a huge place. But anyways, we are actually coming up to the break now, so we have to uh, take a quick break. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Mr. Parascience, Steve Parson, and our very special guest is Jack from the Ghost Club. 
And we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. Twenty-seven. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolick, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And cemetery tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, I'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Parascience, Steve and Parsons, and New England's own Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, right here on Pararex Ghost Channel and Tojinet and beyond. And our very special guest is James Tacky from the Ghost Club. Uh, before we get into it, I do have to mention one thing. Uh, this Saturday on the 8th and we are having a special event for a paranormal party, actually, for Toys for Tots with Jeff Belanger and Spooky South Coast and Ghost Chronicles will be there. So uh, admission is free, just an unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. So uh, go to my website, anyghostproject.com, and get info, anyghostproject.com. So 
anyways, um, we were talking a little bit about uh, uh, Most Haunted and, and the impact it had on uh, ghost hunting in general. Um, do you, James, do you feel that, first of all, before I forget, uh, do you have a website or anything that you'd like to uh, put out there? Yeah, definitely. Um, if you in fact, if you pop uh, Ghost Club into Google, you'll bring up all sorts of uh, uh, results. The top of which will be our official website, which, uh, for completeness, is uh, is uh, www dot that's ghostclub dot org org dot uk. That that's our official website. And there's lots of information on there. There's a bit of bit of history, which will go a bit deeper into what I've talked about this evening, and we'll mention some of the. More prominent members of the club, like Charles Dickens, uh, Sir William wow. Crooks, people like people like that, um, and uh, you should have access to some of the investigation reports as well, which have been carried out o- over the years. So, uh, so take a look, and uh, if in- if interested, or anyone can join. Um, there's an online application form which uh, which you can fill in, and uh, goes off to our membership secretary. And uh, once then, you can uh, join join the club, which there as I go. say. It is, it is very much a club. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what sets us apart, really, from most other organisations, not just in the UK, but in the world, in that uh, I mean, the SPR, that Stephen and I obviously both mem- members of as well, um, big organisation full of uh, academics. But right. Re- <laughs> and uh, rarely do, do, we, do we meet. Um, I mean, Steve and I both sit on the Spontaneous Cases Committee of, of the SPR, and... I think Steve, ge- geographically, it's not quite so practical for him to meet in London as, as we do. But even so, we only meet once every six weeks, two months, and that's really for an hour, an hour and a half in an evening. Whereas the, the Ghost Club, we meet once a month. We have guest speakers. It's a very social, social function. Uh, we all we all meet up, swap ideas, talk talk about things, um, and it's it's very interesting. We have we have sort of Christmas lunch. We've got this coming Saturday. We have. Summer outings. Um, we went to the Isle of Wight last. Some of the Isle, yeah, the Isle of Wight last year, and cool. Anna Hastings. Anna Hastings this uh, this August. I think we should week. arrange one to West Wales next year. Give me a fighting chance. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Do. Yeah, West Wales. Well, save me doing. Uh, save me doing all the travel. Why don't you come? To, why don't you come to the US? Well, that's actually, come... yeah. That, that that that's my next question. One, I think we should we should get over there. I think and uh, have a have a look around Boston. I believe you're right. Is that is that right? Yeah, New England. New England is yeah, it's like you know it's England, it's like yeah. Little England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll 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 look into that, and we'll uh, try and get some interest up for. Oh, I'll host you. There's no problem there. Tra- a transatlantic visit, but um, yeah, go. but it, it is it is very much a club, and I think that's that, that's that, that's the beauty of it. it. We do have a social function. There there are people that simply like to uh, turn up, listen to the speakers, and go home. There there are those that like to take part in the, the investigations, and the sort of people that want to do that. There's people that are serious about the research. Uh, Example like m- m- myself, Steve, other 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 members. There's those that love the thrill-seeking approach. They just want to come around and sit in the dark and right. be scared, like on most haunted. Um, there are those that don't even live in the UK, and they're happy to receive the quarterly journal that we send out. We we send Ooh. out uh, a, sort of a, a glossy journal every every three months, which um, is free to members, which is edited by uh, the lovely Sarah Darnell. She's listening this evening, and. Uh, Big shout out for that, and it's it's a really good it's a really good bag, and you know many members. We got lots of contributions, all sorts of articles put putting in there, and it, it's it's a summary of the club's activities over the last few months with um, sort of uh, praises of the of the speakers that we've had in book reviews, all that sort of stuff. So 
it is very much a club environment and I think it's 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 testament really to the passion of the members that we've survived this long. I mean, for, irrespective of the subject that we're into, obviously the paranormal, for for an organisation to survive 150 years and still be going strong, I think is is quite impressive. I think so too. That's so I guess as I'm I'm simply amazed. I mean, we have people who say, "Yeah, I've had a group group for like 10 years now," and it's like, you know, when we're experts and and you know, I was like, "Wow, okay, here's a group together been together 150 years." So, or the SBR 130 years. I said, I think they might be a little bit more experty than you are. But anyway, well, uh, Ron, as we've as we've as we've touched on history before, I mean, it's got yeah. to be pointed out that the American society. Society for Psychical Research is only two years junior to the British SPR, so 120. Yeah, but nobody years. ever hears of it around here. We never hear of the the American SPR. I mean, well, really, I think uh, at the moment they're having a bit of a hiatus. I think they they they're in temporary um, suspended animation. I think there are plans to revitalise them. But the history of psychical research predates even the Ghost Club. Uh, um, you know, we've got uh, psychical research uh, organisations. Back in the in the seventeenth century, um, and and again, you know, right through the eighteenth century, there were small groups, mostly uh, of academics, but they were founded to look at these phenomena. Um, they 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 didn't publish a great deal, um, and the records tend to be. Uh, um, surviving more in the writings of, of individual members. For example, Joseph Glanville, who was born in 1636, was was quite a key um, uh, psychical researcher, noted for, as it says in his biography, noted for his intense scepticism. And I think one of the, the more famous books was, was written by Je- um, Daniel Defoe, uh, writing in 1727, uh, where he actually cautions against against um, rushing to um, assume that everything that one sees um, you know you believe is is paranormal and if I just quote him a little bit here it says I be- I'm reading actually from a 1735 copy so it's it, it's a little hard going at times so forgive me I believe there are few speculative delusions more uni- universally received than ghosts that such things we call and such things we call spectres and apparitions, that they are really the departed souls of those persons whom are said to they are said to represent. We see or pretend to see our very friends and relations actually clothed with their bodies, though we know those bodies to be embowelled, separated, and rotting in the grave. There you go. That was Defoe writing two hundred and three hundred years ago. Um, so the history of psychical research, you know, it, it's a long one, and and it does, you know, cover both sides of the Atlantic. There were researchers in the states um, interested in the work of the Fox Sisters. Um, right. You know, as soon as spiritualism started to 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 circulate in Hydesville and in New York, Upper New York State, there were there were men um, and groups of of individuals getting together to study the phenomena. Right. I mean, but, you know, you look at the, the paranormal, and, and I'm sure uh, uh, James is aware of this as well. I mean, there's, there's so much a fraud associated with I mean, you had people like, you know, Mumbler and from Boston who took spirit photography uh, and, and, you know, really uh, 
you know, it was fake. And, and, and people like Dr. Um, oh, God, I just forgot his name. The guy who was from uh, Manitoba who spent, you know, he has his own collection in, in, in the University of Manitoba of seance pictures and everything else. And, and you, you can see, like, the gauze that they use for uh, ectoplasm and stuff. I mean, it, it, it's... And of course, you know the the fake psychics and everything. I mean, it's it's it, there's so much bad things associated with the paranormal that it, 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 I don't think it'll ever be credible. I mean, do you guys believe that or not? I, I, well, I think it probably got off to a bad start, didn't it, in the Victorian times with people like Helen Duncan? You know, he was he was prosecuted a couple of times, wasn't she, under the Witchcraft Act and various things for being caught out with cheesecloth, ect- ectoplasm, and stuff. Um, right. So Arthur Conan Doyle, who's another ex-Ghost uh, Club member, obviously the author of the Sherlock Holmes books, um, one of our very, um, uh, very uh, famous members. And it, I mean, he's obviously uh, well known for the Cottingley Fairies um, incident, <laughs> which, which he actually went yeah, to, his, to his to his deathbed um, believing. And, and even the the sisters involved, um, they one of them still actually maintains that they believed in fairies that think four of the photographs were faked and one wasn't or something like that and looking at the photographs now you know in 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 modern times they do look a little odd but uh, i think the field is 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 full of that um kind of you know history and it's 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 very difficult to get any credit credibility without um without doing things properly which i think any 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 science can do but, yeah, I mean, the, the guy I was the thinking of was, was Doc. I'm sorry, Steve. The guy I was talking about was uh, Dr. Thomas uh, Glending Hamilton from the University of Manitoba, and he was a doctor and it put his name to this. And you can see all these these photographs, which are, look fairly obviously that they're you know fake. Yeah, it, it, it's the nature of the beast, though, isn't it? Because we are dealing with things that are, um, you know, difficult to comprehend. And, and we certainly haven't really advanced our knowledge as to what constitutes a ghost, if indeed they exist at all. But at the same time, we have been able to answer um, some of the questions relating to the phenomena that people experience, particularly the areas relating to psychology, and the way that the environment will interact with, with human percipients, human witnesses, and creating them experiences that they may then attribute to being paranormal. The, the, and, of course, the nature of it is also is, means it's wide open to fraud. And it, it, was, said, you know, it was said in the 1850s that um, for, you know, for every one medium that you find that you might consider genuine, there will be a hundred more who are who are fakes, but it only requires, it only takes one, um, the famous white crow statement, it only requires one one single ghost sighting to be genuine, one single case of mediumship to be genuine, and it's going to tip everything else on its head. Um, but we do have to wade through this quagmire of um, fraud, uh, hoax, misbelief, misperception, uh, and all of the other uh, frailties of the human mind to get at these truths and that's as james has, has rightly pointed out that's that's how um science will you know will can only can only proceed that way but you don't have to be a scientist to do science uh, you know some great discoveries in what right. we call science have been made by amateurs yeah uh, because you've said that many times and i agree yeah mainly because we, we're not tied by the by the constraints of academia 
um, and we can. You know, there's no so dedicated as someone who's pursuing the hobby, is there? Uh, but what we do need to do as amateur investigators or even as groups of investigators like the Ghost Club in, um, is, is to an extent up our game and produce evidence of a standard that will convince science that it's worth taking a look. Well, I, think as we, as, I think Steve and I discussed the other day about this. Um, you know, the, the, the problem we have is that any, any meaningful research that will lead to uh, the white crow, as Steve called it, um, will be in the field and and as such, it's un- uncontrolled. So it's right. very difficult. It's very difficult to get it to stand up to the scrutiny um, of of the of the sort of the the scientific uh, elite, so to speak. Uh, and you've also got to appreciate as well. Go back, go back to the forward. That um, you know, Steve alluded to psychology, and that I think the Enfield poltergeist is a classic example of this, where um, you know, with all the all the footage and all of the all of the witnesses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, there's clearly something going on there. However, on a couple of occasions, the girls were caught out faking, and that's what kids do. There, were, you know, there was the media. There was all the all the attention that they were getting from that, and they might have embellished some of it. But of course, those who were who were going in with a very narrow mind that it's all it's all nonsense, they're going to focus on that. But oh, it's all it's all fraud. It's all the girls playing around. Therefore, there's 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 no case to answer. But that's very common in poltergeist cases. If you if you subscribe to the theory that it does tend to affect the the prepubescent girls with you know emotional problems etc etc, um, that often the the attention that they get um, it sort of makes them actually try a bit harder um, to sort of get more attention, and, right. and and the and the genuine phenomena gets 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 masked. Gets in, lost. Yeah. In what in what rapidly becomes um, a media circus. Um, it's one of the it's one of the skeptics' favorite favorite um, whipping posts of of the Enfield case, isn't it? The fact that on one, one single occasion, one of the girls was seen to throw an object and was caught immediately and owned up immediately, um, and they then you know ascribe everything that then took place uh, inside the house to to the family. So that's uh, overlook- kind of like the paranormal, what you were talking about, basically. Yeah, but they overlook you know the 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 other factors. The 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 phenomena were f- uh, filmed, photographed, were seen by multiple witnesses, and indeed was witnessed when the when members of the family, the girls who were considered to be the focus, were completely absent. Um, and you know, astonishing phenomena like a sixty-pound cast iron fireplace being wrenched from a wall, which is clearly you know it, it's beyond the beyond the abilities of most adults. Let alone, you know, a, a teenager, teenage girl. Right. Yep. Well, I want to go back to the Ghost Club uh, because uh, I had a question before the break, and I, I did want to answer it. And we're talking with James Tacky from the uh, the Ghost Club, and uh, the Ghost Club, as I like to call it. <laughs> it's like this the Ghost Club. I like that. The yeah. Ghost Club. The <laughs> Ghost Club. Anyways, um, there's actually a couple of questions from the chat too, but. Uh, you know, when you were talking, you were talking about different people. Or some people were in it for different reasons. Uh, how how difficult is it to manage a, a club like that, where you have people in for different reasons? Some just for the thrills, some for serious research. And and how do you how do you deal with this? I mean, for instance, you, you mentioned you do 
casework, so I assume that you do field work as well. So, I mean, who determines who goes where, what? I mean, how does how does this all work? It just seems so massive to to deal with. It is it is it is it is difficult to manage uh, in that sense because one thing we need to appreciate in the Ghost Club is it's a volunteer organisation and anyone who's a, who's a who's a paying member is able to do anything really and as I alluded to earlier um, with investigations of thirty people all with their own beliefs and their own uh, ways of investigating they may have been on a public ghost hunt they may have seen most haunted they may have done an investigators training day with a, another well-known organization in the UK um, all these sort of things so it is difficult and in fact uh, the, the role that I hold now that is the technical officer was um, it's quite a new role in fact for the council it was, only, it was created 80, 80 months ago um, so I'm the, f the first person to hold it effectively and it was actually to, to look into this and, and, and to actually tighten up the, investigat the, the investigative methodology to actually give ourselves some quantifiable results um, because sadly unless we do use uh, a proper methodology um, any results that we do get aren't going to be hold any 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 credibility um, that's not to say that the the non sort of I say non-scientific um, it's probably the wrong word because even using psychics and alleged mediums could be construed as scientific if used in the correct way but what I mean it is difficult I've been on investigations where people are walking around pointing um, pointing you know, uh, laser thermometers at the wall and measuring the air temp, facing cold spots around the room with laser guns and walking around with camcorders on their heads just on the off chance. At the moment, they look in the corner of the room, they see, you know, the brown lady arraying him or something like that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it is difficult. So, we do get private cases as well. Um, sadly, they don't really go any further. I mean, I can count on one hand the amount of private cases that I can think of. Um, I can count on both hands, both feet. The amount of cases that I've I've uh, got into discussion with over email, mm -hmm. and it's got it's it's almost got as far as as one of us actually doing a visit, and then it all suddenly goes quiet. Really? And, and that and these 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 the the initial communication to the Ghost Club um, is is via the website. You'll you'll see this at our email addresses. If 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 you go on there, we have the chairman, we have the editor, the, the website. Science officer, the tech, tech, the tech officer, the investigative officer, um, and uh, people email us and say, "Oh, my house is haunted. I've got here's a, here's a, here's a photograph of an orb. It must be a ghost. What do you think?" All that sort of stuff. Uh, and often we get some interesting cases, um, but sadly, not one has actually ended up as being anything, anything that we've ended up investigating. So, the private cases is. Is 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 suffering, um, and I think, as Steve knows from uh, from our, our parascience activities, which haven't been very much over the last eighteen months, have they really? But no, they're exact, and we 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 have exactly the same situation. Um, we we get contacted via email, by telephone, um, or by the website, our own website. And what looked to be highly credible cases, in fact, this uh, during 2012, I thought that we were actually seeing an upsurge in case reporting because um, for the first time in, in, in a very long time, uh, it got to the point where we actually sent members of the team on an initial visit um, to, to people's houses. Now, I've got to say, um, I always caution most people not to get involved with um, domestic cases, but we do have members with um, particular qualifications um, that allow us to to 
I would say, safely for the client to operate uh, in the domestic environment. But, but again, as James said, these cases just fizzled out. Um, I think once they realized that they weren't going to get Derek Okora and uh, <laughs> one of the daily newspapers coming round them for their five minutes of fame, um, they, just, uh, they just melted away. I think it's also I think it's also a, a, a question of ethics um, in that I mean I, I, can, I was liaising with a with a uh, well on the email she was a, a, a young mid mid twenties uh, lady who had what sounded like a very interesting case and it got to the point where she was given this mobile numbers and asking us to actually just go around her house but reading between the lines of the communication it turned out it wasn't actually her home she lived with the parents. So then, of course, you're in this sort of ethical dilemma. You can't just turn up at somebody's house and say, hello, we're the Ghostbusters. You know, it, it doesn't work like that. It's, you know, next thing you know, the blue lights turn up. Mm-hmm. So, it, and as soon as we try to get any permission to actually say, you know, for example, the homeowner or whoever it is, it all, it all fizzled out. So, and I'm not saying this, you know, I've got no experience of this, but I, I should imagine that other ghost um, paranormal groups in the UK might not be so... Ethically minded, it might have just turned up, and, and then obviously all, all, all sorts of problems uh, from that point onwards. So, the Ghost Club, like like the SPR, like um, you know, like uh, Parascience, we, we have ethics, and we can't just be chasing people around the UK just because they think their house is haunted. And sadly, it, it, at the moment, there there are not many. Well, there may well be private cases, but we're not hearing about them. And there think- are there are there are private cases because there are still groups in the UK who are boasting on Facebook <laughs> their exploits in private cases. In fact, there are still groups within the UK who are advertising and promoting on Facebook. If you have a haunted house, get in touch with you, and we will come round with our Ouija board and K2 meters. Um, but it is it is an absolute ethical nightmare. I've been involved in cases where people with obvious psychological problems have been seriously disturbed by the actions of ghost hunters. Um, they, you know, they were fine before the ghost hunters arrived. And it was, it was purely the actions and the, the um, antics of the ghost hunters that, that sparked all their problems. Um, and so, you know, I always caution uh, investigators, unless you have particular areas of expertise within your team, and I'm talking about psychologists, people with medical qualifications, people who are, you know, professionally qualified, not just a passing interest. Uh, and we are fortunate we do have them. Um, do not go anywhere near somebody's house. Right. That makes sense, actually, and a lot of reasons. But, uh, you know, there are so many ghost groups now, and, and they just want to investigate, so they will take anything, uh, whether well, they're qualified I'm... or not. Oh, yeah, and it, uh, they're led by the television, because I remember sitting watching an episode of Ghost Hunters, uh, and I, I was absolutely staggered to see two of the 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 uh, team um investigating uh, it was a domestic case and they uh it involved one of the children and the, apparently the children saw a figure in the bedroom and so while the two children these were children who were sort of school age they they were preteen uh, mm-hmm. They were asleep in the bed while two members of the Ghost Hunters team were creeping round in the bedroom, filming the children and the bedroom on night vision cameras. And that was broadcast. And I was yep. staggered. I remember that one, actually. Out. Yeah, I was absolutely staggered that got shown. Hmm. 
Well, anyways, I, I just heard the pizza bells. I mean, I mean the bell doorbell, so the pizza's here, so we have to wrap it up. Um, you know, it, it's definitely an interesting subject, and, and it, it varies from the United States to the UK. I, there are differences between our two countries and, and the way we investigate, and also uh, the types of groups I think uh, that are out there. So, anything you uh, you want to wrap up with, uh, uh, James? Uh, well, yeah, well, first of all, thanks, uh, thanks for uh, having me on. Um, as I mentioned right at the beginning, we did, we did hit our 150th anniversary this year. and uh, Woohoo! And uh, myself and three others uh, were, were writing a book next year, or it's coming out next year. Uh, it's going to involve a bit of history of the Guys Club, um, a very in-depth history, hence the slightly delayed publication date, and some, uh, some typical investigations, uh, of which that's going to be my side of it, and some, some uh, reports... A couple of places, I, I, I won't mention them just yet, but they're places that have never been investigated before in the UK, and we're the only group to have actually gone in there. And at the moment, we, we appear to have got some quite interesting results. So, um, Excellent. So, a bit of a plug for the book there. Um, yeah, you know, that, also, that's good. That's, not, that's actually a good thing. And, you know, I would love to to you to stay in touch with us and oh, uh, when you do yeah. have something coming up that's interesting, uh, you certainly uh, we'd love to have you back. Uh, right, Steve? Absolutely, definitely. Well, I'm more than happy to come back. And as I say, check out the website. Uh, that's uk. And for those of you, and, um, wherever you are in the world listening, I just uh, anyone can become a member. And uh, I, f- I forget the exact rate. It's about £25, £30 for the year, so it's very good value. And even at the very minimum, you'll get a, 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 a quarterly journal. There you uh, go. Ac- ac- access to very good investigations, a whole wealth of uh, expert knowledge, and a, and a really good club environment. So if, in, if into your paranormal, uh, the, the Ghost Club is organization to join. There you go. Thank you, James. Before we do go, I, I want to give a shout-out to uh, my friend Byron Jackson, who's tying the knot and getting married. So good luck, Brian. Steve, anything you want to add? No, just... Uh enjoy the winter weather that we're having here in the UK and uh, thanks to James and I'll no doubt talk to you in the next few days. Okay. Thanks. Good night and God bless everyone. Thanks guys. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.